our Teen Sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! Woo! And we're talking all athletes. If you're if you're making an uh, um, an effort, right? Regardless of your skill level, you are an athlete, in my opinion. If so you can get out of a chair, you might it. be an athlete. That's it. So all those kids out there that are trying, um, we we are looking after you, mm-hmm. and we're going to protect you. And and then we've also expanded it to art and music. And uh, we never we we just it's just a big thing. What do you say about that, Doctor D? We like it. If you can move a paintbrush at five hundred strokes a second, you might be an athlete. <laughs> See, we're going to do it. You well, bet you. We're just raising I don't consciousness. Know why I went that way. I think Dominique explains it the best. Dominique, Dominique, is, please. She, she's going to explain it really good. Yeah. <laughs> we support children in their investigation of all the wonderful things that are out there to do, and in particular, we encourage teen sports because there are so many social skills you learn. There's so much just growing up within a village. So, well, that being said, let's see who's in the house today. We've got put your hands together for Christina Hoff, Anthony Rodriguez, Ed Langlo, CEO Michael Baker of the United Boys and Girls Club. Of course, that was just Dominique Hackard. We've got a wonderful producer and and who's back here today? I'm very, very excited. Dr. Dr. Brian Falk. Hey. Hey. Yeah, so I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's just touch. Just we'll go. Oh, Emily, you're just in, just walked in. She's got to sit down and do 20 push ups. <laughs> you can okay. do 20 push ups. You might be an athlete. Well, it's, just, it's worse than that. You got to sit next to Michael Baker. Oh. There you go. Oh. Oh. Ooh. That was she finds the song, Michael. You might see it, another connection right there for United Boys and Girls Club. Song? She plays, she teaches ukulele, ukulele. music, yeah. um, uh, piano, singing, before. song, and you got all the kids, am I right? Yeah. See how people just walk in? It's the universe, not even me, it's the universe. We don't know what's going to, leave the door open. Don't shut that door. Erica, they have wonderful medicine for this thing. I know, I know. <laughs> wonderful. I'm going to do too, and you don't even know this. She's not sharing around. Medicine. But she's not we sharing. have uh, Christine. Uh, I can't. I, we could just Huff, call me Christine Huff. Marie because that's the one. I, that's my tarot. My tarot name is okay. Christine Marie. We got Christine Marie in the house, mm-hmm. and uh, she has a gift. Yes. And what she's going to do, Michael, is she's going to pass around some cards. And uh, uh, oh boy, uh, Brian, you're going to pick one because you haven't been around. Ed Langlow is going to pick one. We're going to talk about it next time around. Is what we picked. All right. Mm-hmm. Brian, Doctor Doctor Folk is going to pick one. We got Emily's going to pick one. Everyone's going to pick one. Don't say what it is. Okay. Em's going to pick one. Em, don't be nervous because you're late already. So probably going to pick the tower. (laughs) Okay. Dr. Dr. D, you want one? All right. Do you replenish the yeah. uh, the deck? Uh? I do. I try to make Anthony sure. Rodriguez behind you. Oh my God, we can't. The best for last. Anthony. 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 It's the big guy. Strong hey, as an ant. All right. All right. So we gotta we gotta do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's la- last week just real quick. Let's touch on it. I really don't know if the petition is um, complete, but for the last two weeks we've had Redis layout. And then we were blessed enough to have Melissa Fitch. She might jump sh- uh, jump in here sometime this hour this morning. Uh, what was going on in Gal- Lita. I'm not gonna. Um, I don't really want really to jump all over it, but 
um, I want to do I do take the position here that all children has the right to play baseball regardless of their level of skill Michael Baker what say you I couldn't agree more. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 and yeah. we don't have to agree. You know, I absolutely we don't, agree. Well, we don't have to agree because that's like, we're just having a, a discussion. Every kid um, deserves a chance to play. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. So would yeah. you think that it was it's fair to have a slot for children with um, special needs uh, for 10 to 1130 and not change to say like eight o'clock in the morning should we be open and be compassionate for that because it's difficult for somebody to get somebody with a child in a wheelchair to a baseball field at eight o'clock in the morning i'm just saying yeah maybe we shouldn't i don't know i'm just what what should we do i i think you really need to talk to the parents of those kids to find out what works for them Mm -hmm. because um i i couldn't even i can't even pretend to know how difficult the challenges are of of, um, of um, having a child w- with any type of condition like that, and and the challenges you face scheduling and just you, I think it, that should come from the group as a whole. What mm-hmm. what what time period would work best for this group so that mm-hmm. we can serve the kids that need us the most mm-hmm. and that we're there for everybody. Um, I, I I will tell you again not to, I, I will I, I do want to take this a little sideways if sure, I could for a absolutely. second because um, I'm, I'm happy you asked this question because something for the first time in my history happened um, this year um, we we have what we call an annual meeting and we celebrate kids that come to the boys and girls clubs and we have a whole ceremony where the kids that come at least 200 days get these special blue cards membership cards and we always hand those out at our annual meeting and then we always give special recognition to the child that's attended the most of any child in our entire organization Lompoc, Buellton, Lita Solvang all all the clubs the, for the first time ever um, a child and I, I will not say his last name but his first name is Daniel uh, Daniel's 17 years old uh, he attends our Goleta Club. Out of a possible 280 days, he came 269 days to the Boys and Girls Club. And he's autistic. Mm. And I've never seen that before. Ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, a Boys and Girls Club environment may not be the best environment for a lot of kids with special needs. Aut- autism can be a real challenge in, in that environment for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he 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 participates in all of our activities, sports included, and he's been doing that for the past five years, and we're seeing an increasing amount of kids that are coming, parents feel safe to have their children come there. So... Um, I'm a firm believer that every child has a right to play, no matter where they, where they, where, what their situation may be. Um, you know, that's 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 you know, that's that's what it's all about. Well, I understand the uh, expansion in Galita, and I also ex- understand that the limited space that we have to play baseball it takes a lot of space. Um, it's I I told Dominique this on the way to the show today. I had a I had not a very good childhood, you know. I was kind of for the first eight years. I was raised in the jeto, I call it, okay, like kind of ghetto mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but I did have one good teacher. It's really all you need, is right, right, Michael? You need one good thing. Yep. And the good thing about her was uh, we had a very uh, um, high energy class, we'll just say. And there's always the same handful that caused trouble for all of us. But boy, if we wanted to go play time or nap time or lunch. She made the peers monitor ourselves. So, in other words, we're not going to lunch unless we all line up and be quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's the same handful of kids 
you know, started all the trouble. But boy, you didn't want to be, and I, I'm not going to say I wasn't ever one of those kids. I was, right. but I shut sure. it down really fast because when you got 30 people looking at you like, you know, read my eyes, you know, stop, because I certainly don't want to get bullied for the next three weeks because right. somebody didn't get their pizza. So in a way, it's almost like, hey, like nobody plays now. I mean, if the challenges don't play. Right. You're, you're in it together. Right. Nobody should play together. until Absolutely. we all stop, take a breath, and then work out the logistics. Because we are so blessed to have United Boys and Girls Club. And we have to learn how to partner with other nonprofits that actually have the space. So that, and you're the first guy that calls me, Erica, I want to get wrapped around this. What, what can I do to help you? It's just like, it's not a me thing, Michael, but I'll give you the people to contact and that, and for you to step up, Michael Baker, and offer whatever the United Boys and Girls Club has to help anything, you know, three hours a week, something. I mean, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I'm not gonna be the only person clapping right now either. So that's the reason why I wanted you to come in today because I wanted to thank you because, no, who, who does that? Who calls? in and says, hey, Erica, what can I do? I, I really mean this. I want to, I want to help. There's something that we can do to help. Or at least be the hero to be able to. Sometimes when you get attitude towards each other, like it's not, it's ego. It's not even about the kids anymore. It's like, no, my ball, my bat. Well, that's not how the game is played. But you have to have somebody almost on the outside to say, hey, what do we got? You need a systems person. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. Somebody good with operations, good with systems. And uh, honestly, God, Michael Baker, there's anybody better than you. Uh-huh. I mean, he turned around a club that was shutting down. No, you're good. It's a gift, Michael. It's a gift. Just own it. You know what I'm I saying? I like so this coffee I'm having. It's really good. I got good. you, but it's a uh, gift and it helps. You. Uh, you know, when somebody wants, when people want to come in because you have to look at these kids, you're not talking about Down syndrome. You're talking about uh, autism, the nonprofit for autism. You're talking about the nonprofit for uh, uh, cerebral palsy. You're talking about the nonprofit for blindness, um, hearing. So there's like seven, eight dis- dis- disability nonprofits that this is affecting these children. Children. So it's a it's a monster group, a monster group of people. So thank you. No, thank you, and thank everybody for bringing bringing it out in the open. I mean, a lot of times these things happen, people don't even know. Right. And you find out years later, so what happened to that program? Although we had to get rid of it because mm-hmm. it wasn't going to work out. It's it, it, You need to speak up when right. things like this happen. And, yeah. and we're not alone. I, I guarantee you there's other nonprofits and other organizations that work with kids that are going to step up and, and, and do the right thing and, and, and make sure that these kids have a place to play. Right. Period. I mean, every child deserves to play, Mm -hmm. regardless of what they're situated. They Mm -hmm. deserve to play. You know, I've said this the last two weeks. My kids both signed the petition and wrote something about what the program meant to them. Which I found was was great. I mean, I said, "Hey, can you help out?" And especially Johnny wrote a nice paragraph of what it meant to him to be able to participate in the program because he not only did it, he I he ended up joining. He was actually in it for seven years, even more than the four years of his high school because he he you know went with his brother who's three years older. So th- those seven years, I mean, it's kind of like an anti-bully program. <laughs> it really, when you think about it, because you really you you learn so much from the person. And I've told Reda this, in my whole life, there's those moments, okay, the birth of your child, the day you got married. I am telling you, the challenging moments that I experienced in those seven years are right up there. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as the Challenger program being affiliated with those Pubs Little League, they're the ones that have the gift. 
Okay, it's like that, those kids are a gift to that program no, because unless you've volunteered, you are not going to understand or wrap your brain around what I'm saying right now. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way if you have these emotional blocks, they're gone that day. Okay, there's just no way that you are not going to feel it. I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling, but Em, what do you have? You ever had experience working with somebody who's challenged? Oh yeah, we had a number when I was teaching at Hollister Elementary. Oh. We had a number of the kids come in and do the music with us and. It was so powerful. It was just really powerful. And it was so amazing to see how the other kids would gather around them and they would support one another. And it just built this this community of compassion that was... Um, it was just amazing. It was really amazing. Um, and I remember, I have this story, this recollection when I was teaching in Portugal years ago. I'll never forget this. I was... Down, I remember I was down in I think it was southern Portugal, and there was a, a woman who was telling me that the earth was flat. You know that that she was still, and I was like, oh well, I really went traveling here these these days. But anyway, I was sitting there, and I was just I was sitting in the corner of the room, and I was strumming my guitar just very lightly. Mm-hmm. And there was a boy with special needs, and I don't know what it was. It might have been cerebral palsy, and I don't even remember what age he was, but he came over to me. He put my guitar gently on the ground and he sat in my lap and he just wanted to be rocked. And it was the most amazing experience that I've ever had. And I don't know what what was happening there, but I do know that um, there's something incredibly heart opening about being around people that see and experience the world. Like you said, uh, dropping those emotional barriers. I, I've been thinking of the word vulnerability, right? A big lesson in life these days is to be vulnerable because we put up these walls to protect ourselves, right? We have we have our reputations and all that. These folks have none of that. Mm. They are the teachers. They are the teachers of vulnerability. Their hearts are just pouring forth. And so every opportunity that ha- I have had, I've just been in completely blessed by the, the presence of these special folks. So Yeah, and the more we have the opportunity to be with them, the more normal it becomes. It's not uh, separating. As a child, actually my mother made sure that we went and worked with people of special needs and sports and I remember as a little girl working with you know just playing with people with in wheelchairs and um, with cerebral palsy different things and and so as an adult I, I don't I don't think oh who's that person there oh you know I just think oh hello you know when I see people but, with special but needs but the reality of it is we all have special needs yes, exactly. some of them are more on the outside yeah. but most people struggle from some sort of special needs yeah. emotionally right so right. the thing is if you see it if it's visible you have a limp or you know whatever but the thing is we all have different ways of experiencing the world and right. to me they can be just as much teachers as we can be teachers to them well yeah right? and it's so important to realize that they're wearing their their weakness um, on the outside um, and it balances our inner weaknesses just like our strengths help balance exactly. theirs so it's all you know, we're all in this together. And the more we realize that and support each other, it just, we're really all in this together. Makes the world roll. 
makes the world roll. <laughs> it's rolling. How do you top that? That was great. Very, very nice. Well said. Well, because you're a doctor. That's why. That doesn't mean nothing. No. You have to add something. You have depth no. psychology to this. They were, no, they were, we all have issues in yeah. this. We know that. Yeah, you both said it very well. Um, and you too, Erica. I mean, you're speaking about about human uh, complexities and and human emotions, uh, which in the end is what we're left with, and and uh, it's it's not always simple. And to to keep digging and and peeling away layers of of um, each person because there's there's always more than we think there is. Yeah. And now we're gonna close it off before we go to break. We got Anthony Rodriguez in the house. Woo! Yeah. I mean, he, you, you get it. I know you get it. I don't even got to tell you how much you get it. Come over here and snuggle me. Get over here. Get closer. We got so many people in this room. We got love. We got to get a big love hug right here. It's a festival of love. God. You got, what? You got something to say? You've never been lost for words in your life. All right. Uh, one thing that we always have to keep in mind is that they do teach us a lot. They have an open heart and they have an open mind. They don't judge and they don't they don't have there's they don't see no color lines. And that's something that we all need to learn because we all bleed the same and we all deserve that respect. And we do learn a lot. I have uh, several cousins that have uh, access to functional needs. And you know what? They are just very loving. And and it's amazing. They smile even though they might be hurt. You know, and that that's something that we that we're missing here in life. We see so many different things, but we don't stop. We don't protect people. We walk away. We don't stand up, and that's one thing we have to do. No, that's not going to happen here. <laughs> we're, we're not walking away from this. No, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to get fields. We're going to get all new equipment. We're going to get all new uniforms. There's a lot of love in the house, and a lot of people have showed their understanding because they will not miss one day of baseball. We're not sure about where they're going to play right now, but they're going to play someplace. Okay? They're going to play. We're going to figure it out. So, anyway, on that note, let's take a little break. we got all new commercials. Thank you. Uh, see you. We'll be back in a minute. This is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in. Every single Tuesday. Uh, Michael Baker has a trivial, he's got a teaser question for us. Every time he comes out, he likes to tease us. So, all right, what do we got? So, the question about Southern California is what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. Okay, so, people listening in the car, I, I, I think the next time you get to your, the next time you're with a gathering of adults, um, which very rarely happens with me, but um, <laughs> ask the people around the table in there if they were going to say to some, somebody, "Where does Southern California start? Where's the beginning of Southern? From this area down is considered Southern California in your mind." I guarantee you, if there's at least five or six people at the table, they'll have at least three different answers. There's no, I've heard, I've heard people say, you know, one one person explained to me that they said it was where the beaches are north and south versus east and west. They consider that Southern California. I forget what the point is at a certain point that that happens. I've heard a lot of people say, um, I've even heard people say Santa Barbara, south. Um, but it's just an interesting, interesting um, question. All right, so, so let's, let's go around just for the heck of a seat. For me, it's L.A. Should... Okay. L.A. south. Okay. M. Emily Yurchton. Uh, Camarillo. Okay. Brian. Dr. Brian. I said uh, point conception. Okay. That's a good one. 
Ed. I say when you pass over the Conejo grade, you're going into Southern California and Thousand Oaks in that area. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that was my uh, thought as well. Okay. Go well, ahead. since I think this is a teaser question, I'm just going to go all the way down. I'll say Balboa. <laughs> Balboa. <laughs> L.A. Wow. Anthony said L.A. L.A. Doc but says his house. <laughs> well, I, I think it's still. I still stick with my original answer. Are there only Tijuana? Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> It's really Southern California. But are we, are we just talking about North and South? Are we well, negating Central? Because if you cut a line halfway through this, California, you're Fair looking point. at like probably uh, Big Sur or something. Actually, if you're cutting straight half. I got you. Yeah, well, see, what, what you don't understand is that his question is based upon the, uh, the, the, the uh, what, what's the commission, the, the Coastal Commission? They are actually planning on cutting California in oh, half that's right. with a big giant jigsaw yeah. and sending Southern California out into the Pacific yeah. as an island. Yeah. And they want to know where right. to cut the line. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's an important question. So it what's is the very, answer? We can't stand there, it anymore. There is, there is no answer. It's, oh. it, it's not that if you, there is no definitive answer, mm-hmm. uh, at least that, I'm, that I've been made aware of, other than, as I said, I, I forget the point that they said, but it's when the beaches, instead of going east, west, or north, south, Whatever it is, from that point on, they well, consider that Southern yeah. California. Would that be down like Point Magoo? Maybe I. Yeah, I'm, I'm unsure the exact yeah. area, yeah. but it, it seems like Southern. Is it talking the actual G? You know, the geographical, or is it talking the culture of it? Right? Mm-hmm. Where because I, I think that's yep. you know. That's I think it's. I think it's. Yeah. How would you describe Southern California? You say, well, f- from here down to Southern California. Now, you I mean the the flip side of that obviously is where does Northern California begin? Because you get somebody like my my development person, she'll say, "Well, Northern California." She lives in Wairika. I mean, she's like, "That's Northern California." Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because you know they don't even think like San Francisco is Northern California. Wairika. All right. Wairika. No, we've Wairika. got we've got like two minutes before we got it because we had such a, a long intro. I want to go around the room right now, sure. and then everyone is yeah. going to tell me what card you pulled from oh, Christina boy. Marie, and then Christina Marie has got basically two minutes to do her thing that she does. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start with Michael Baker. What card did you pull? My card says you're an idiot. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this? You're bald and you're an idiot. That's what my card says. Congratulations. You're the president of the idiot. <laughs> I, I know, Doc, this is, this is so... It's crazy. It's messed up. It's accurate, but messed you up. You pull this card. Wheel of Fortune, mine says. Oh! Nice. Oh. That's what does that mean? Would you That's like good. to pick a vowel? Uh, well, we'll yeah, just so, all right. D, uh, Dr. D, what did you pull? I pulled art, temperance. Temperance. Okay. And what'd you get? Ace of Wands. Well, look at you. Ooh. It was better than the hangman that I pulled here. last time. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what this means. I got a great image of a, of a woman sitting on top of a wolf who's howling at a full moon. Strength. Strength. That's, oh, of course. That's my wife. That's a picture of my wife, actually. Oh, here yeah, you go. My, yeah, my wife. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. No, it's not my wife. <laughs> Met his wife on a wolf. I did, clearly. Ed, what'd you get? I got the sun card. I think I oh, came Oh, you are. Here, here comes the sun. Sunflowers and all. Mm. Of course. Virgo. Uh, the hermit <laughs> I can't not pull the hermit That's just like you know It makes I can definitely Anthony, relate to that <laughs> Anthony what'd you get? The devil Yeah You got the devil? Said it was You're devil. keeping this Wow It's gonna make It's a reminder card Alright so let's take a little break Alright and then we're gonna Just do a little recap Right after these messages Yeah. 
Oregon. This is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Eric Casaldo, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in. Every single Tuesday. All right, so I know I gave you the big two minutes, right? But you could actually, because I know you're so intuitive, You can, I know you can na- knock it out of the park. Okay. No no pun intended. So we'll, we'll do the... Uh, the closest person to us, which would be Anthony, we'll start with the devil. Okay. Okay. So the devil card is actually a really great card. It's about un- releasing yourself from the chains that bind you, from those shadows and those shames. And it's really a beautiful card. It's a balance with the lover's card because once you release yourself from that, then you come into alignment with yourself. Um, so it's really about um, looking inside and freeing yourself. The, 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 the figures on the card are not trapped. They're just sort of stuck and <laughs> slumpy and and in like really they're sort of stuck in a dark frame of mind and when if they were to lift their hearts and see and start to feel you know um, look around the world they would or not look around the world but lift their lift their hearts and feel more love and find appreciation and connection then that then their arms would drop and they wouldn't be trapped anymore I'm going to give you a big hug right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a beautiful. There's an, another deck that I have where they give an angel for each card, uh, um, uh, for each of the major arcana cards, is um, gives gives the devil card as the angel of freedom, and the the person on that card okay. is freeing him his dragons, taking chains off his dragons. So it's such a beautiful card of not being afraid to do your shadow work, to look at the stuff that you're ashamed of or scared of. Because the fact of the matter is, anything that we're afraid of or ashamed of or, you know, that we, we don't think we should say to anybody and we hide in ourselves, if we open up and share with somebody, we realize they have the same fears. They have the same issues. Even if it's not that exact same issue, we all have so many things in common and our darks and our darks and our hurts and our shadows are very similar too. So we realize we're not alone when, when, we, when we share from, from that place. Um, okay. Next. next, next is the sun, which is the most positive card in the deck. Uh, Here comes the sun. So if things have felt a little bit shadowy or darky, yeah. or, or you know, just be. know they're not. And and this card, there's two people um, running through a field of sunflowers right. with a beautiful sun behind them, and it's really about healing and coming out into the light. When sunflowers are planted onto toxic soil, they actually will help pull the toxins out of the soil. So such a beautiful card of of positivity and really feeling good. All right, so I yeah. can go home feeling better than when I came in. You can. <laughs> you can know. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, there's that Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun, oh, yeah. do, 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 do. And, you know, and it's all right. Also, the sun is your solar plexus. So the solar yeah. plexus, when you shine your sun, it's like you're, you're shining your light. So it's, you know, good. Shine your light, right? right? Bring that center of your being forward and go, yeah, yeah. I'm the light. I will do that. Yes. And so, Emily, you have the Ace of Wands. Yes, I do. Um, and that is new beginnings in the spiritual perspective. So it's it, there's a, a, a wand, you know, aces are always new beginnings. Wands are spirit manifesting into the material world. So it would seem to me from that card that you are um, starting a whole new spiritual journey of some sort. There's something that's been lit for you and that you're looking at things in a new way and you're starting something. Does that resonate with you? 
Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I've been on the spiritual path for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. And so, but it is deepening. And I've felt in the last couple of weeks, or even in this last week, just incredible vulnerability and sensitivity to things. And so, yeah, it is definitely, there are things that are emerging from within that are communicating to me from spiritual realms, for sure. That's great. Because, you know, as journeys, I mean, it's things go spiral around, right? So it's spiral. So you're like maybe taking another step on another spiral around the wheel. Yes, it's the spiral. It's the, what I call the labyrinth of love. And right. the labyrinth is, and, and the center of it is aligning with the sun of uh-huh. who I am and the truth of who I am. And I'm finding that what is happening with me is I'm feeling more private and vulnerable, but I'm being called more out into the world. Mm. And so what I'm doing is I'm showing up like here today, right? Mm-hmm. I'm showing up and being authentic. And so, um, but yeah, definitely paying attention to the spiritual pulse of my my life and how that is communicated through me in the world. Nice. Yeah. And I, I turned that I turned to the wheel because I wanted to talk about the wheel of fortune with Michael Baker. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a beautiful card of, of you know, it, it's I, I always make a little joke. This is the wheel of fortune, not the wheel of torture, not the wheel of despair. It's the wheel of fortune. It means that things have turned, that there's a cycle that's completing for you and that things are getting better. Even, you know what I mean? That, that if things have been a little bit tough, that there's a shift happening. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, that's, that, that does resonate with me. Yeah, we've had some challenging times, but we're. Yeah. It's like there's light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not an oncoming train, which is good. Wonderful. <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's okay. awesome. It's, it's an old one. And then, and then next we have um, uh, Dr. Brian Falk. You have the strength card. Yeah. And when I see that card, oh, and when I see that card, I see um, there's there's the there's a poem uh, from Mary Oliver. Uh, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk for miles on your knees in the desert, repenting. All you have to do is let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. And to me, to me, that card usually has a lion in it, and is usually somebody, you know, you know, wrestling a lion or a woman holding the mouth or looking into the mouth of a lion. And people in often say that that's about, uh, you know, um, containing your animal instincts. But I feel that it's about um, honoring the relationship with the body. It's like to me, it's the first sacred mystical marriage: our spirit with our bodies, and that these bodies are these incredible vehicles that are the the product of, you know, I think, you know billions of years of of evolution that have you know are the perfect vehicle for each person's spirit and only in the, the dna and all of that which is you know sp- you know so specific and so when i see the strength card it's really that card about honoring that and honoring the body and really honoring that relationship and that connection beautiful very nicely said thank i love you. that yeah thank, thank you. you yeah and then richard dr d mm. you had temperance <clears throat> The Temperance card, which is a beautiful card of healing. The Archangel of Temperance is the Archangel of Healing. She has one foot in the watery emotional realms. She has one foot on the material land. She's um, the material world, excuse me. And she's pouring a cup of light and dark. She's continually pouring light into dark and dark into light. And there's a picture of a Tao, the Chinese symbol, um, the yin-yang, right behind her. And it's really, it's, it's, a, it's a, 
it's a card of healing and it's a card of of integrating the emotional and the material worlds and really aligning with yourself and um, some it's also a part of the um, the unconscious coming into consciousness in a healing way through art so so your artistic expression is very healing for you mm. so what what when when the temperance card comes out and then ah. Last but not least. Last but not least, we have the Hermit. Oh. The Hermit is a beautiful card of going into the cave, going inside, and actually recharging yourself, aligning yourself with what it is that you call God, what is it you feel the, that is the holiest of holy, and connecting in with that and lighting your own spirit and your own battery up um, in that space so that you then have a brighter light to come out and lead others with. So it's about really recharging yourself and reconnecting with what is holy. Did you pick a card? <laughs> Just want to know real quick. You never know. Shuffle, shuffle. Shuffle, shuffle. Okay. Close your eyes. Oh. Oh. I got the sun. I got the most positive card in the deck, which is perfect for me. <laughs> there are two. This, there are so, you know, there's usually about at least one of each card in the decks that I carry with me with my business card on them. And often there's two and sometimes okay. there are other duplicates um, because, you know, people don't really ever want to take the devil with them. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they do and when they do I give them a copy of the of the lovers which is a, a card that's very similar to the devil only it has cupid in it instead of the de- instead of you know the pan god um, the nature god so it, you know it, 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 it symbolizes alignment with oneself so sweet yeah. thank you and if somebody wants to get a hold of Christine Marie her uh, contact info is 805-350-2700 and you also read at Paradise Found, right? I do, yeah. I read the fourth Saturday of every month at Paradise Found. Um, and sometimes I do fill in. And I also read at a little event um, at the Hotel Californian every full moon. They have an event called Howl. And I read there from 5 to 7.30. Mm-hmm. I do little 10-minute readings. And that's really fun, too. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. All right, let's take a little break. We'll be back with more after these messages. This is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Erica Saldo, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in. Every single Tuesday. All right, we've got Ed Langlow in the house. Let me get hey. let me get comfy in my seat. All right, I settle like back, it. Settle Let's back, settle back, settle back. Read you a story, Erica. <laughs> so typically, the If Only I'd Known segments I do based on mistakes that I made in the past. Today is probably one of the first ones. It's not based on that. And ironically, I think it ties in directly with the tarot cards that we've just drawn and the discussions that we just had in the placebo effect. What is the placebo effect? So, if only I'd known is a mentor's moment with the teens here in the studio as well as those listening into the show. In today's segment, what exactly is the placebo effect? Now, I've heard about the placebo effect for years, and I understood that it was a response in some of the members of a control group that were not given the drug or medicine that was being tested, yet they had a response from what was usually a sugar pill. But I pretty much left it at that. If only I had known when I was young how much my beliefs could influence the outcome of events in my life. A couple of years ago, I started thinking about the placebo effect, and I wondered... What does that really mean? 
if it's your belief that brings out the reaction, then isn't that uh, a big deal? Why aren't we talking more about the placebo effect? So the word placebo comes from the Latin meaning, I shall please. And I thought that was pretty interesting that the first researchers to notice the phenomenon labeled it the I shall please effect. Uh, some of the studies I've read suggest that it's not so much the power of positive thinking, but the belief and the expectations, including when participants were uh, told that uh, poison oak was being rubbed on their arm, they actually broke out, even though it wasn't poison oak. Now, have you ever watched a movie and teared up over the sad parts of the movie or felt fear when something scary happened, even though you knew they were actors pretending to do something that a writer made up for the script. So even when some of the participants were told that they were being given an innocuous treatment, there was still some pl placebo improvement. And that, the way I look at it, in part, is because our brains can't always tell the difference between what's real and what's not. Probably because for thousands of years, when our brains were developing, there were no televisions, there were no movies, everything that happened was real. If you thought you saw a saber-toothed tiger walking into your cave, it was always real. And if the fight-or-flight response to fear didn't kick in, you probably became lunch. <laughs> and the amount of faith in the practitioner, or, or maybe the facility you're at, increased the outcomes. So, wouldn't faith in ourselves affect the outcome of things that we were trying to do in the same way? Now, I don't claim to have all the answers, but promise you this, the more profound the faith you have in what you believe and objective studies have shown, things will be more likely to turn out aligned with that belief. Remember Henry Ford's favorite saying, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> Listen in next week when we'll ponder how should you spend your time. Nice. By the way, there was a study that was done recently where they had group A and group B and they gave group A the medication for their disorder, disease, what have you. Right. And they gave group B the placebo. And just as you spoke, they told group B they were getting a placebo. And yet they still improve improve and that's the only answer and this is my own this is not the opinion of of any scientist or mm -hmm. this radio station or anyone here today there's <laughs> <laughs> a disclaimer but but you like, know, we got a lot like of ed drone says it should be so my my theory is is just that our minds don't know the difference between reality and What's not real? And, mm -hmm. and just a, a good proof, if you think about it, you don't take it for granted, took the placebo effect for granted for years. And if you sat and cried watching a movie, you might have taken that for granted until you ask yourself, what are you so upset about? These are actors pretending to do something that some writer wrote up mm -hmm. a script for. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? I think that it is the fact that your mind doesn't know the difference in some cases between what's real and what's not. And that's why you start to cry. Yeah. And the same goes for the placebo effect of people that know that they're getting well, a, a placebo. And this reminds me of the, the myths and stories that have been told, you know, orally for 
thousands of years, and they're healing stories. When I was a kindergarten teacher, I would choose a story for something that was happening for children in the class, and I would watch that story actually have an effect on how they were relating to the world just by telling the story and doing puppet plays and that kind of thing for three weeks. So it was amazing that, that what our mind right. is it's, integrating it's from real. stories. Yeah. To them, especially... And children. And yeah, getting into that better feeling sense of things, right? That Abraham Hicks, spiritual teacher, talks about getting into the better feeling sense. So if you can imagine, that's why the power of creativity and imagination is so huge, because if you can imagine something, you can feel that, and that shifts vibration. So mm-hmm. beliefs are shifting energy and vibration, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, Dr. Brian. That's right. We're all sitting here. Did you notice how I stared at you? You're no, sure always staring at me, though. I know, I do. Everybody's looking eyes at you are now. On you, yeah. No, I, I really like that. Um, there's a lot of different ways of looking at things, as, as you said earlier. Um, uh, a lot of different lenses. Uh, what comes to mind to me is... is um, the psyche and the imagination. And uh, if you look at the development of human um, uh, thinking over the, over the centuries, you see a, a shift in living in, in the imagination primarily um, what well, you're talking about real and unreal, but essentially it was, they're living in the imaginal world. In other words, uh, what was going on psychically and what was going on physically, the, the, the veil was not yet differentiated. Right. As we devol- evolved, that veil started becoming um, thicker or wider, and, and we started differentiating between physical matter and what's going on in their psyches. But the, the imagination is going on all the, all the time. We're, we're imagining constantly. It's, a, it's affecting every single moment of our lives um, so that we're informed by the images that are going on through us. And so when, whenever you're talking about, uh, in this case, medicine or you know um, a study like the placebo or no effect um the imaginations at work and so that's what that's what came to mind as you're reading that was the um the constant power of the imagination that's always informing our our perceptions right. um and you can never escape from that it's always informing one lens or another it's you have one particular glass on um or or not and uh so you manifest a, things by that's how you manifest things to happen manifestation is a whole nother a whole nother thing but just from the standpoint of of what's going on intrapsychically and um when you're talking about beliefs um i think there's a very there's a very powerful uh force uh going through us uh that is informing all of even methodologies even the way science is conducted those those particular constructs that we set up are being informed by a, a particular myth and going back to you we are storytellers since the beginning and that's right. just another way of saying that the stories are the the externalization of of the imagination. So that's always going on. Oh. And so that's if you want more thing. insightful tips from Dr. Brian Falk, how can we get a hold of you and some acupuncture at the same time? Ah, uh-huh, yes, I do have a phone number. Apparently, it is eight zero five two two three zero nine one five Unified Medicine at yahoo.com, and I'm in Carpinteria. Uh, uh, what's your address down there? It's beautiful. Oh, for, for, beautiful office yeah, right on the water, right by the water. 410 Palm Avenue. Beautiful. In right, let's take a little break. Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen, will be back with more after these messages. We are back, and this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. Anthony Rodriguez, you've got a new job. Tell us about it. 
So now I'm with the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County, and I am the new Operations and Disaster Specialist. And it's a very new position, and uh, my job is to train um, our our staff and our volunteers in emergency response. Um, and pretty much just in case there is a large disaster like the debris flow, um, we'll be able to provide food on North County, South County, and we have different locations where we can go ahead and set up um, points of distributions. And one of the best things is um, the organizations that we are working with and how we're collaborating to be able to provide that, which is American Red Cross, um, Salvation Army. I mean, I can just go on and on, but we created a multi-agency disaster feeding plan nice. that is now implemented for the county. Woo! Yeah! So, that was awesome. So, and, and you're also really fast because mm-hmm. we only got a couple of minutes, and mm-hmm. you know, Michael Baker needs the horn. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're looking at me. Goes, what are you oh. saying that for? Um, you were just nominated for another award. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, I've been nominated for the, uh, the Latino Legacy Award. So Woo! Latino Legacy! <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to have to have a, we got a little legacy barbecue at my house. We're not, <laughs> just because you're nominated. Because yeah, it, it's getting it's nominated says it all. That's what it says, though. <laughs> a community, another community question? leader on Teen Sports Radio. It's awesome. Yeah. Michael Baker, you've got a couple of things going on. I need to know about them because we need money. <laughs> <laughs> March 6th. That's it. Corks for Kids. Beautiful. Benefiting our clubs up in the San Ynez Valley. Our two clubs, which are thriving. Uh, we now have 316 members in Buellton. Beautiful. We were hoping to get 20. Yeah. So, yeah, we're a little bit over that. And then nice. uh, Solving's going really well as well. Uh, but I, I am going to go back, and because and, I, I want to, Anthony, I want to tell you, the Food Bank is an incredible organization, and what you do uh, for not only families that we serve, but so many people in need, um, I can't I can't thank you guys enough because there's a lot of people that you know, food insecurity is a real significant issue, right? In this county, a lot of people don't believe it, right? But when you just a simple fact, I, I can speak very well to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that at one of our clubs in particular, I'm going to pick right. the West Side Club. Ninety eight percent of the kids are on free reduced lunch. Yeah. Which means they live on or below the poverty line. So food insecurity is a real issue. It's a huge issue with college students as well. Yeah, actually, huge issue. Absolutely, and actually, uh, with that, um, we have a food well, we have a food pantry at the Santa Barbara City College, yep. and um, it's been very successful. And we've been providing, you know. All the food that we that we possibly can, and um, it, it's it's good to have all those you know connections and and to be able to do that as a community, and and that's one thing that I think that I really enjoy about being at the food bank, um, that they just didn't think about that one part. But in regards of large disasters, because we've had that experience already, um, we want to make sure that we're able to, to to take care of our community, you know, as a whole. And, um, you know, for me being in this position, I mean, we t- we're taking it very serious. So I'm very glad and blessed. You had a question. Uh, well, don't talk. We don't have time till next week. Because <laughs> answer that question. Okay. Guess not. The question is Santa Barbara. Let's have everybody get together. Uh, let's think about the challenge. Let's think about the food bank. Let's think about United Boys and Girls Cubs. Let's think about being happy today. God bless. See you next week.